is Bible School Radio, KDKR Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and KYJC Commerce, online at kdkr.org. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Are index funds the answer? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Welcome to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm your host, Bob Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, if you got a question for me, please go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. Once you get to the website, there are a couple of ways to get information, get your questions answered, get resources. There's first is the Ask Bob section. You just send in an email, and I'll get that taken care of for you. Pretty easy to do. And then there is, if it's, it's, if it's a question that, that's a little bit more detailed, more complex, needs a little bit more than a phone call, then, uh, excuse me, than, a, than an email, then we'll uh, schedule a phone call. And you can find uh, my calendar there to schedule uh, or pick a, a, a time that works best for you. Then we'll coordinate with our office and it's a uh, very simple process. No cost, no obligation. It's just a, a way for me to roll out some resources so that you can get information when you need when you need it that's all at the website www.prudentmoney.com well last week mark hebner was my special guest in the program talking about his book concerning index funds this uh this book is about as well written a, a book on index funds that i've ever come across probably ever will come across it does makes a lot of the the claims that we talk about that goes along with index investing, which we're going to revisit here today. And the thing I like about it is that he goes through a probably a third of the book with examples and evidence that backs up his thesis, if you will. Now, this, this particular book, this was the 20th year since he's uh, that that he's uh, since he wrote the first edition, and uh, this is his tenth edition. And what's interesting is this particular book is considered one of the top three books on in on uh, excuse me the, one of the top three greatest investment books ever written, and. Like I said, he does a very well, a very good job in in writing this book. So, let's take a, st- a step back and talk a little bit about what a, a uh, index fund is. Get some definitions figured out so that we can really get a get a good idea of the other side of the story. Now, what if I told you that I had an investment that had the very absolute lowest costs that went along with the investment? that the actual return of that investment is going to match whatever the market is doing. And then this is a long-term investment, so you really don't have to do anything except let it sit there and grow. That would be how most people would describe an index fund. And if you think about it, it sounds pretty good. Lowest costs market-like returns, 
long-term investment. What is there not to, to like? I mean, I think one of the, the, the biggest problems with investing is that you've got investors having to make decisions to make changes. And that's always a tough, uh, tough thing. I was having a conversation a long time ago with somebody about, about decision-making. And you're either well-equipped and kind of born that way to make good decisions and it's easy for you to make a decisions. You can make them quickly. Or it's it's a tough, tough thing for you to make decisions. Now, I think that there's more people that it's tougher to make decisions than people who just do it naturally. But it's lower cost, market returns, long-term investment potential. And, of course, this is referring to index fund investing. So what is an index fund? Let's just keep it very, very simple and focus at focus on it from a, a mutual fund standpoint. An index fund is a mutual, and in this case, a mutual fund. As there's other kinds of index funds, but a mutual fund that focuses on a particular index of investments. So you could have a, a an index fund that focuses on small company stocks. And you, so you get a, a bunch of small company stocks, put them together, they form an index, and uh, then your index fund mimics that particular index of small company stocks. You could have an index of medium-sized company stocks, and your index fund mimics that. Or the, we'll keep it just extremely simple. And we'll call the the uh, S&P 500, which is a group of 500 st- uh, stocks. It's, in my opinion, it is the index to follow. That's the index that tells you what's really happening with the stock market, which many people refer to as the S&P 500. Well, you can get an S&P 500 index fund that will that is designed, for the most part, to mimic the ups and downs of the market. So the big revelation, the big secret that Mark Hebner talks about in his book is regarding index funds being the superior choice to anything else. And the truth is, is that if you're not using an index fund and you're using a fund because an index fund doesn't really change. It keeps, it keeps the same stocks that are part of the index. Maybe once a year, two or three times a year, they'll drop three of them out and add two of them. But, I mean, it's always going to be an, in, an index fund of, say, small company stocks or medium company stocks or the S&P 500. So the, they may change a little bit, but for the most part, they are – they are just going to mimic an index fund. They're called passive investing because you don't really need a fund manager to manage anything because there's nothing to manage. It's just a, it's, it does everything that an index does. hope that makes sense. And then you have actively managed mutual funds. And you have money managers who are trying to beat 
the index, beat the S&P 500. So the whole idea is if you put your money into this stock fund and you're hoping that this stock fund does better than the S&P 500. Well, st statistics would show that, the, that that's just not going to be the case. That the percentages are not in your favor that that actively managed mutual fund managed by a mutual fund manager who buys and sells stocks is going to outperform the market and you investing into an index fund that which is lower cost and is tied to the market are going to do better. That's and that's the big argument and the big secret that the talk, they talk about in that Mark talks about in his book is that actively managed mutual funds do not beat index funds. So it comes down to a simple you're wrong, I'm right type of type of uh, argument where someone who has invested in index funds says index funds are superior, your actively managed mutual funds are not going to beat on per the percentages say you won't and the probabilities say that you won't beat what I'm doing. So I'm going to go around with and mimic what the market's doing. So it, it's, it's us versus them is what it ends up coming down to. And in fact, uh, Mark, at some point during the, the interview asked me, so, or made the comment said, I understand that you don't like index funds. And I said, well, no, that's not true. I do like index funds, but I think that they, I think they have their place in a portfolio just like I think actively managed investment funds have a part in a, in a portfolio. So here is the, that the, the secrets of the other side of the argument. Number one, and this is, this is so very, very critical that you understand this, is that the secret indexing is not for everyone. It really depends on your risk level. If I told you that you had a risk level uh, that 100% mimicked the, the stock market, would you be comfortable with that? If I told you the potential downside, would you be comfortable with that? If I told you if you lost this that you would be staying invested and you have to write it out, would you be comfortable with that? And for most people, they're not completely comfortable with what it means to be 100% invested into an, an, a fund that mimics the stock market. Now, let's talk a little bit about small company stock funds and indexes, and let's talk about medium company indexes. The problem that we have today is that if, if your S&P 500 is going down, you're your medium and your small, your other your other indexes are probably going down as well, and losing just about as much. So, the reality is, is that it's probably not appropriate for you to take the type of risk that comes along with an index fund. That's the reality of it. 
and that's that's the secret of the other side the the fact is that I don't believe index funds are for everybody for somebody who's comfortable with the risk but not for somebody who is not that comfortable for the risk we'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side this is Bob Brooks stick around I'll be right back dynamic practical life-changing there's no point in going to church and not letting the Christ who gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost change your life join us each day as pastor Paul Shepard applies the timeless truth of Scripture to everyday life it's destined for victory on this great station weekday afternoons at 3:30 here on Bible School Radio KDKR Dr. Charles Stanley when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior Jesus Christ came into your life through the presence of the Holy Spirit and it is the will and purpose of God that he live through you and me it is his life not our life the teaching of Dr. Charles Stanley on in touch helping you grow in Christ every day in touch weekdays at 1230 here on KDKR the Bible includes remarkable stories of people who experienced God in unique ways. And while seeing a vision or hearing God speak seem like compelling ways to discover God's will, how can we know God's direction for our lives if we don't have one of these miraculous experiences? Well, Tuesday on Focal Point, Pastor Mike Fabares shares practical ways we can know God's will for our lives. That's Tuesday on Focal Point. Focal Point, weekday mornings at 8.30 here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Listen, if you got a question for me, please go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. We can satisfy that uh, or get you an answer one or two ways, either through an email or if it's a little bit more complex, schedule a phone call. You can do that on the web on the uh, website, and I will... Uh, uh, give you a call and we'll talk about it and there's never cost to never obligation or anything like that all at prudentmoney.com so we're talking about index funds and the big secret on the other side of the of the story is that yes they do all these wonderful things but it may be more risk than you're willing to take so my conclusion is yes index funds are appropriate and they have their place in mutual fund portfolios. And if you said to me, Bob, I want to be invested just like the market and I want to take full market risk, then index funds are the superior way to go. No question whatsoever. And, of course, they're, they've got to, they have to take a mutual fund and, and put it up against an index fund, which they would do the actively managed funds. We talked about actively managed mutual funds don't live up to their billing because they don't typically beat the market so why don't you if you're trying to get market returns just get an index fund that mimics market returns and I would agree with that statement you don't need an actively managed fund if you're trying to beat the market don't I, I would vote a hundred percent of the time of for an index fund over an active actively managed fund that's trying to beat a market I don't like the odds 
they also talk a lot about market timing. And the claim is, is that trying to pick the top of the market and get out, trying to pick the bottom of the market and get in, does not work. And uh, Mark talks about in his book, and I, I think he's absolutely right, is that he cannot find anybody, market, and I call them the market timing gurus, they get it right 100% of the time. There's a lot of people who claim that they are, but uh, I think the reality is is that it's, it's luck. There's too many, there's too many things that can change. There's too many things that can happen, and uh, you would literally have. To, I mean, you, to to do it to pick something four or five times in a row. I mean, a big decision forecast that actually worked. You'd uh, it would it would have to be something spectacular. So market timing doesn't necessarily work, but it all depends also on what you're calling market timing. If I said if you had 100% of your, and, and, and uh, let me back up and say this, that Mark also in his book on index funds talks about reallocating your money at the end of the year, which is I think is also very smart. So if you started at the beginning of the year out and you had 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, you got to the end of the year and you had 35% in, 35% in bonds, and 65% in stock, then you would even that out to 60-40 again. You rebalance at the end of each year. Well, if you do that in the middle of the year, a couple of times, two or three times during the middle of the year, you change up your allocation. That would be considered market timing. And what I would suggest is not market timing. It's simply risk management. Because we're not trying to pick the top, we're not trying to pick the bottom. We're trying to, we're trying to determine the the answer to the question: Is the stock market, or has the stock market become more uh, is carrying more risk today than I'm comfortable with? And then really, that's what it comes down to. That's not a market timing, but a lot of uh, a lot of people will, in fact will go even much further and claim that to be market timing. And let me take a step back and say this too about Mark Hebner's book about index funds is that I, I find this this book very, very well written and, uh, and, and easy to read and determine exactly to help you come to where you fit as far as how what your investment beliefs are about investing. So highly recommend it uh, for, from the standpoint of learning the indexing story. Now let's t- let's talk a little bit about the if, if if we're if we're not comfortable with index funds and we're not comfortable with actively managed funds that are trying to beat the market but it can't beat the market, then what what what's left? Well, it's actively managed funds that are not trying to beat the market, they're trying to manage for risk and manage for growth, and they're just a lot more conservatively based. So if the market goes down 50%, you're probably going to see that portfolio go down 15% instead. So what 
the indexers will tell you is that why would you want to do that because you're going to be spending your expenses are so much higher so let me ask you a question if you are in a actively managed mutual fund who's managing for risk and growth not just trying to manage to beat the market and you're paying a 1% investment charge for that particular uh, for that particular fund versus less than two basis well, excuse me less than 10 basis points which is a 10 cents on the on the dollar are you really going to care if your particular fund only lost 15% and the the less expensive fund lost 50%. No, I don't think you're going to care that you're paying a percent on the actively managed fund that's managing for risk and and, and uh, risk and growth. I don't think you're going to to have second thoughts about that at, e- at all. You're down 15%. The market's down 50-55%. I think you're going to be okay. So... You know, costs, they, they talk a lot about costs, and and I think that I, I agree with the costs of why pay expensive investment fees for someone to, that's managing a mutual fund that is trying to do better than the market when the chances are they're not going to. Probability would say that they won't versus something that's lower cost but the lower cost there's a price with that and that price is a higher much higher risk level so on top of all that the only other thing that uh, that 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 troubles me a little bit with that indexing is the only way to go is that a person who's a long-term investor leaves their money invested, probably invested in, in, in index funds and has, has watched it go down, watched it go up, watched it go really far down, watched it go really far up. They get into a system over 20, 30 years and they believe, a belief system that, well, the market goes down, but the market always goes back up. It always goes back up. So they get down near retirement, the market goes down and they're not really realizing the significance of this move. They haven't made any changes. They haven't reduced their risk level, which is always the smart thing to do if you're nearing your five years out from retirement. And they watch their accounts go down, watch them go really down. And they say, well, they'll they'll come back. They don't come back as fast as they thought that they should. And the next thing you know, that person has lost a ton of money and now is in a situation where they have to go back to work. So, and I saw this back in 2000. In fact, this particular market reminds me a lot of the year 2000. The, between 2000 and 2002 was really the first big bear market of our time that uh, we hadn't really seen one since the 60s to the 70s. And people thought that tech stocks were going to the moon, and that they would never they would never have a problem. You could be safely invested because even if they go down, they're going to go up. And so people were loaded up for risk. 
it would retire. And then we started to see the big, massive losses. And people would hang on, think well, it was going to come back. But it continued to go down and continued to go down. And that's where I think that it's that habit and that belief system, the habit of investing a certain way, the belief system of, well, it'll always come back, ends up being a tough situation. Now, having said all that, yes, you can you can make index funds work on most in most situations. You can uh, put together a situation. Well, it actually would have been tough when you had bonds and stocks. Those were the only two options for you and your 401k plan, and both of them were going down at the same time. That's that was a tough a tough situation. But it's not. You know, that's something that's kind of corrected itself this last year. But, you know, always be leery of the claim that this is the only way to go. This is the way because there's a lot of different ways to go and only and uh, there's a lot of different ways to invest for risk and invest for protection and for growth. It just depends on what you can tolerate from the standpoint of risk that you're taking and and uh, make sure that you are taking the right risks hey this is bob brooks and you are listening to the prudent money radio show thank you so much for joining me today you know i do appreciate it hey listen uh, there's a couple of different ways to get information on the website you can always go to the ask bob section send a question and get it answered and or get on my schedule for a phone call whatever i can do to help you out i would love to do so this is bob brooks we are all out of time until we do meet again next time keep the faith and have a great rest of the day that's all the time we have for today questions or comments for bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard visit www.prudentmoney.com be sure to join bob brooks again for the next edition of prudent money